This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is Brody King, and you're listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to our patron mailbag series, episode number 14. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and once again, I am very happy to be here on a show where we get questions from our listeners, our patrons specifically, and we answer them on this show. And if you would like to ask us a question to be answered on this show... Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash BWO and sign up for one of our tiers that will allow you to do so. It helps us. It helps us put on this show, and it also gives you the opportunity to ask your question, gives us material for the show, and it's a lot of fun all around. Yes. So please, please do it. Do so. And subscribe to us on YouTube as well. If you're watching us now live, we do do this. We do everything live on YouTube now, Nick. Yeah. Uh, so come on over to youtube.com. What is it now? Forward slash Busted Wide Open, Nick? What are we at now on YouTube? Yes, YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. It's always been that. You just try to make it something different every week. Well, I never know if it changes. I don't know how these <laughs> YouTuberies work. I don't know what these kids are doing. Uh, but yeah, so, so join us over there. Watch us live. We do this live. We do everything live. And uh, come and check us out. And uh, Nick, I got to say, man, I'm, I'm excited for this week because I, I don't know. I, I feel like. I feel like I'm 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 juicy. I'm ready for some questions this week. I got Ooh. I got answers brewing in me. I got He's I got I'm, I'm ready. Ooh. I'm ready. Ooh. I'm I'm ready for you to throw them at me. And yes. Just, just, oh, I'm, I'll just I'm I'll take th- I'll take wild shots over the fence at them. Uh, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw them at you. That's for sure. But yes, guys, as always, you guys know this stuff by now. Head over to Facebook, join us over there, uh, like our page, and send us a join request to get into the group with the rest of the phenomenal ones. You'll find links there to Discord, where we do live chats for every show all throughout the week. It's probably one of my favorite things to do every single week is just watch stuff with you guys and get your like reactions as things are happening. We have dedicated channels for all of the pay-per-views, and you'll see if you get in there, there are a list of shows coming up just in the next 30 days. We've got all kinds of stuff going in there. We're going to have all kinds of pay-per-view uh, live chats going on in the Discord. Last but certainly not least, you can find us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. But man... You got answers, or sorry, you got questions. We got answers for you. <laughs> I got answers. Start. They got questions. Right. Uh, well, Andy said something in the chat, and it threw me off there for a second. Uh, we're going to kick things off with Mr. Abraham Castillo, booby prize winner from Survivor Series and oh, yeah. uh, recipient of the famed uh, 
the losing what do you call that thing the losing stuff the Roman prize. Reigns the yeah, movie prize the, the, the Roman Reigns doll that the big dog tore up I've got to turn the spoon in, in a little bit there Abraham but uh, he says hope you guys had a great week thank you uh, I did actually uh, simple question what are the ch- oh, I think I talked about this earlier what are the chances we see Keith Lee at Wrestlemania and how would you book it if so uh, uh, minimal uh, very unlikely we see Keith Lee at WrestleMania unless it's going to be like in the Andre the Giant Battle Royale. I would, um, would the, are we including the take the WrestleMania takeover? He said WrestleMania. He said WrestleMania. I don't think WrestleMania. I think there's zero chance that we see him at WrestleMania. Yeah. I yeah. think that he is going to. It's a crazy call in the shot from here, but I think we might see Keith Lee in an, in an NXT title match on Takeover, but I don't think he's going to be on WrestleMania. At all? No. I, yeah. Exactly. I he'll still be involved in feuds over in NXT at that point. I don't yeah. see him getting the rocket strap that fast. I really don't. It's only a few months away. Yeah. Next year WrestleMania, chances go up dramatically. Next year WrestleMania, he could win the Rumble. You never know, right? Well, that, that's that's between really him and pers- Jackson Riker. I mean, that's a you, know, you oh, never for, know. Oh, okay, Christ's sake, let's come on, man. Be serious. <laughs> Thank you very much, Abraham, for the question. Next up, Martin. Uh, you have to choose a mixed match partner for each other. Oh, boy. One from the main roster, one from NXT, and one from AEW. It's what would make you laugh. Oh, wait. So I read that as you have wait, to choose. What? I have to choose a mix, mixed match tag partner for you. Right. That's what I, that's what I interpreted that as. Uh, and you have to do one for me. But it sounds okay. like uh, one from the main roster, one from NXT, and one from AEW. It's what would make you laugh the most okay so are we doing a male and female from different brands well i i think it's it's i i've got to pick the female partner for you from main roster nxt and aew oh Um, i got you okay that's gonna be ones that'll make me laugh (laughs) like for instance like aew i'd pair you with awesome kong just because the visual would be amazing yeah you, you and Awesome Kong coming out together would just be hilarious because she's bigger than you are. She is. <laughs> and it would just be amazing looking. And it would crack me the hell up. What about um, uh, the main roster? Main roster? Who would, I, who would I team you with? Yeah. <sighs> That's tougher. Um, I might put you with Bailey just to watch you tear your hair out every week um, just because you just can't stand her. But... I'm trying to think if there's anyone better. It's supposed uh, to make you laugh. I guess that would make you laugh, wouldn't it? It would make me laugh. Yeah, to watch you just be like, watch "Oh be my god!" In the corner, going, "Why'd you do that? Why did you? <laughs> would you? What's wrong with you? Come is that on. the only move you have? Is that belly, Bailey to belly? Do something else. Good God! Could you at least <laughs> try to look like a heel? Right. Yeah. So, um, and then from NXT, well, that's easy. I'd pair you with Tony Storm just because. Oh yes. I I would I would well it's gonna make me laugh just because you won't be able to wear trunks. And I won't say why. That's that's all I have to say about that. Sure, I you know, I I probably couldn't wear trunks anyway. I'm in the I'm in the singlet category of of male bods. <laughs> I'm not quite quite Otis caliber. But, oh God. Uh, I'm not coming out in a pair of. Yeah. You know, oh. What do you call them? What What do you call the little swimsuits? The little swim trunks, speedos. I'm not coming out in a pair of speedos at this oh. stage of my life. <laughs> God. Robert Rude can get away with it. Not Nick. You, you don't. You don't have a Robert Rude body under the under that shirt there, Nick. Uh, no, I do not. 
Uh, it's, okay. it's, it's somewhere between Robert Roode and Otis. <laughs> right in the middle. You're not going to say you're not going to say what percentage you're at between no. the two, but you're somewhere. I'll, I'll, I'll let your minds wander. Throw, sprinkle a little <laughs> Killian Dane in That's there too, insane, if you want dude. to. You know? I'm, I'm somewhere between Austin Theory and Big Show, so I'm right, right. there with you. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I'm right there yeah, with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who would I pair you with? Um, I think I would do a Hikaru Shida from AEW to pair with you. Why would that make know. you laugh? It's, I, don't, it's, I, I don't know. I, I was thinking about your your love of J- Japanese wrestling, it, but it's not going to make me laugh. How would it? What would I do to make you to make me laugh? Um, let's go, Bunny. Oh Lord, with Allie, because mm. uh, that would that would just I would just watch your frustration bubble over. Um, NXT, <laughs> like you with Tony, like you with Tony Storm. Yes, fair enough. No, me fair with ba- like me with Bailey. Oh, I wouldn't be frustrated with with with. No, why would I be frustrated with her? She's oh, fine. All right. Yeah. I, I I thought you didn't like that, but okay. No, never mind. mind uh, yeah. Let's think about main roster because that's the that's the tough one, isn't it? It really kind of is. Like, who um, would you put main roster? Oh God! Oh God! Nick, Jesus! Why would I put you with Bailey? Nia Jax is still around. Gee, what the hell is wrong with me? See, you can't steal Judith Brooks' answer. Did that's she just cheating. say that? Did she, she did. That? She did. <laughs> Uh, no, Andy said that. Oh, Andy said that. I'm sorry. In the chat. Yeah, the chat. chat's far away. I have to squint at no. it. It's, it's, it's such an obvious answer. I just went right over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course you'd be with Nia. There she is. Of course I'd be with Nia. Of course yeah. you'd be with Nia. That's, that's not, it's like, come on. It's no brainer. Apparently I have um, no brainer. Who would I put you with that would be hilarious? Oh, God, I don't know anybody that you just like have a disdain for that's not yeah, I'm good. I'm good that way. Uh yeah you you hide that you mask that very well. Mm, um no. let's put you with Alexa Bliss. I think that would make me laugh the most. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh for NXT Man, this is making me think more than I than I thought it would. When I when I read See, I this, I was juicy. A few I hours. was juicy. I was ready for the answers. I was ready to answer some questions. I, I've got the brain is percolating. I'm, I'm, I I'm, overthink everything. That's I wasn't ready problem. for the Nia Jax. Like I, I, yeah, exactly. I overthought it and didn't and like didn't go for the obvious answer. Yeah, with Nia. So but at the end of the that, day, like who I'm, do I'm, you? What would make me laugh pairing you up with uh, from NXT? I don't know that there is anybody right now. That's the hard part. Like none of it would make I, me. I can tell you. I can tell you what would make you laugh. What? Team me up with Bianca Belair and see what an awkward white guy I am next to her. Like I'm just. I would just be so like. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's what you get, girl. Yeah. <laughs> so there. So there's. You no, tell there, her. You tell her what for. Even though you've uh, you've come up in California, Oakland, and Los Angeles, there's no street in you whatsoever. Is that what you're telling me? <sighs> I, there it's, I'm like Woody Harrelson and white guys, white men can't jump. Like it's in there, but there's just so much white guy wrapped around it <laughs> that it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's buried pretty far. Gotcha. It's buried pretty far. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's no bueno. That's I a mean, fun Jesus one. Christ, you, you heard me, you heard me doing, uh, uh, what, what, who was it? Chingy's right there. Like I was doing an imitation of that a week or two ago and I was just like, Oh my God! The white. I'm like I'm like when Dave Chappelle imitates white guys. I'm the guy he's imitating. 
Uh, let, we won't even bring up your Cisco reference from the previous show um, for, that you were doing for me with, with Tony Storm. Anyway. I thought that was pretty legit. That, that was actually really good, uh, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I'm looking forward to clipping that out for pros- oh, posterity no. uh, and making that a video later. So uh, oh, you guys that are oh, watching great. live heard it here first. Thank oh, you very great. much, Martin, for the question. That was a fun one. Uh, next up, Jacob. Uh, you guys are building a stable, and it includes the two of you, a tag team, and a singles guy and a female. Who is it? Any promotion? What's our Any promotion? What's our dream stable? What tag team would we get? And what single guy and female would we add to the to our the BWO faction? <sighs> we could do. <laughs> <laughs> we get Session Moth Martina, Hangman Page, and Heavy Machinery. And we call us the heavy drinkers. Wow. <laughs> yes. Bravo. Yes. Bravo. I like the heavy machinery nod. I would also go for that one. Well, the, uh, otherwise, why can't you, why, you can't call us the heavy drinkers? That, that's true. Heavy the drinkers. Yeah. I, I get it. <laughs> it's right there. It's because there's drinking and they're, they're heavy. Uh, let's see. Single guy, single female. I I I'm not an enforcer. I'm actually a I'm a mouthpiece. I'm a mouthy little shit. And I I but I I usually have people fight my battles for me in that sense. <laughs> I'm usually mouthy if there's a bigger guy around that's got my back. So hashtag <laughs> <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> You're usually mouthy when there's a bigger guy around. Yeah. Hello. To, oh my. To hmm. take care of things if things get if my hey mouth, take care of things. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, I'm thinking Jackson Riker. <sighs> Just to have ringside. I, I, I thought you were going to take this seriously. I am taking it seriously. Oh my god. Yeah. No, I've got my I've got my team. Plus, I, it'll I, wind I, you I, up. No. Oh my god. Like seriously, get over it. Like like just <laughs> some someone needs to heal your brain about this. Like, uh, if they give me. that dude a shot. All right, moving on, man. I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. Nobody wants to hear it, Nick. All right. There's no enough. shot. Good lord. Heavy drinkers. Heavy machinery. Hangman Page. Session. Session. Marth Martina. Session. I can't even talk. Stupid Jackson Riker. Session. Moth Martina. That's our. That's our. Our stable right there. The heavy Fair drinkers. Enough. Thank you. I'd be happy to be a part of that stable any day. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Jacob. Good, good question. <laughs> Next up, Marshall. Uh, why are wrestling fans so fixated on promotions using, quote, old guys? Mm. For me, it's how it's not how old they are, but how often they show up. And I can't understand when an older guy is booked for a match that it's automatically the taking the spotlight panic we often hear. Just want your opinions on older talent being booked. Hmm. It's good. It's a really good question, actually. Oh, and yeah. it's and and the thing is, is that yeah, there is the fear of the old guys coming in and bearing the younger talent because it's been a thing. I Triple mean, H. that's kind of what that's kind of <laughs> what. Well, Triple H was in the middle of his career when he was when he was going on his reign of terror. But I'm like thinking WCW, where you oh, had yeah. all these older guys coming in and just, you know just running roughshod over anyone who wanted to get, get upwards in the business. Um, and then you have, you know, WWE when they, when they will bring in uh, older part-time talent and have them beat younger stars or make younger stars look foolish. 
You're talking about Which like is, Undertaker or Goldberg, something along those lines? I'm actually thinking specifically when I say that about Stone Cold and, and Mankind and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 32, I believe it was, when they came out and just stunned the crap out of the League of Nations, which is, you know, Rusev and Sheamus and, and Wade Barrett. And, um, you know, you could argue, oh, well, they're all fine. It, it was okay for that. I'm like, yeah, no, not, not really. That really hurt a lot. And, and uh, Alberto Patron, that did not do anything good for their careers. It served nothing except for a brief pop in the moment. Yeah. Um, it, it didn't help anything long term. So that's, I think, what, what people are worried about when you, they have that, that panic that, that, that Marshall's talking about here, because it's a legitimate fear. That being said, it's not always the case. There are some times when older guys come along and they come along for the right reason. And even if they're there part time, um, the work they do is beneficial. What's happening right now in AEW, I think across the board, what they're doing with the older talent has been fantastic, whether it's the Rock and Roll Express or DDP or even Dustin Rhodes or even Chris Jericho for crying out loud. He's not a spring Tully chicken. Throw Tully and Arn in there too. They're not wrestling, but they're sure. doing all they can to put the young guys over. So Yeah, if you look at Jericho and go, he's the champ, he's not putting over younger guys, you're obviously not worth looking at what he's doing. Yeah. He's mentoring, mentoring Sammy Guevara. Uh, he's mentoring uh, uh, proud, uh, proud and Powerful. Moxley. Um, Moxley to a certain extent, sure, absolutely. Uh, and everyone else in the company. And it's his access and agency that's allowing him to be in that position and then be an ambassador for the company and have people that are classic fans come back because they want to see him because they know who he is. And at a certain point when he drops that belt, uh, it, he's because he's brought up enough equity on it and he's ultimately going to help put over a young company. So it's actually what Jarek, and he's also there week in and week out and more. So he's doing the right thing. DDP is doing the right thing. Dustin Rose is doing the right thing as far as, far as older talent. That's what I like to see. Um, and even to a certain extent, uh, Undertaker has been for the last, you know, he, he should have retired a long time ago. But when he comes back, like, he will still, like, come out and not necessarily bury anyone he's in the ring with, pardon the pun, um, but he's out there, to, you know, I'm thinking particularly about the Royal Rumble he was in, yeah. the last one he was in, where he was, he was putting over dudes. Um, so it was, yeah, it's, it's all in how you use them, and it's not always them taking the spotlight. Um, but it's something that needs to be, you need to be careful about because this is a business where sometimes egos run rampant and they're going to want to keep their star power going long past the time when they should and they should start passing the torch. Um, if you look at Japan, <laughs> it seems to be always what we say, but if you look at Japan, it's just an interesting contextualization. At a certain point, you start losing your matches. And at a certain yeah. point, you, you, you start opening shows. Uh, this was the first year that Tanahashi didn't have a title match at Wrestle Kingdom in like 10 years. And that's a trend that's going to continue to happen for Tanahashi. He's going to start moving down the card. He's going to start putting guys over. And you know what? In 10 years, Tanahashi might be on the pre-show like Yuji Nagata and... Uh, uh, Sano. Yeah. Or, or right, right. He might be pulling the curtain with... Like Sano retired after his Jushin Thunder Liger match because he's like, I'm done. I'm putting, I'm putting guys over. So, um, And that's, I think, how the arc should be. You know, at a certain point, you start putting over, like, building the next generation of talent. So, anyway, long, long answer long. Um, that's what I think, my yeah. opinion on older talent being booked. 
I think there, there's plenty of examples and lore of the older guys laying down uh, for the for the new talent. But we've we've had a lot with the resurgence of the Undertaker in some big matches over the last few years, where he hasn't always lost. Mm. It's kind of we don't take it for granted, right? But at least we don't, he's we don't usually assume that's what's going to happen. But he's at least he's usually having matches these days with legacy stars. Yeah. He's not having like and when he does have a match with a young guy, whether it's Brock or Roman, he puts him over. Right. He didn't put over Bray, which he should have, but yeah. that's a whole nother story. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Thank you, Marshall. That was a really good question, man. Yeah, amen. Uh next up, Andy. Uh would the long term storytelling of New Japan work in the Western world on weekly TV? Or are we so used to the smash TV style we get that it would crash and burn? That's also a good question. You know, I think that the thing <clears throat> there's a little more nuance to it than that. Um, I think the long-term storytelling would work no matter where you are. Yeah. In terms of payoffs and builds, it's. I, I think what he's saying is on the week to week, would people stay invested? Um, and the problem there is New Japan's method of of storytelling and when they tell their stories is is kind of haphazard by Western standards. They don't have a weekly TV show. Um, they do, you know, road shows and then they build up to big shows and there's a lot of kind of catching the story as you can. Tours and press conferences, right? And that wouldn't work in the West. I don't think that would work in the West as well because you'd need to have the ability to see everything laid out in front of you. And one of the biggest uh, obstacles I've found to people in the West enjoying New Japan is their storytelling, is like trying to figure out how to keep up on the stories, whether it's press, like if you're interested in what Kenta and Goto are up to, trying to figure out when they're having their press conferences and when they're going to do something and have some action or whatever it is, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to keep up on, and their YouTube is still kind of disorganized in that sense as well. Um, and thank God Kevin Kelly is a god of recaps before matches um, because New Japan doesn't work that way. And that is a huge obstacle to the Western audience. So I guess in one sense, I would say no, their storytelling would work in the Western world because um, or I'm saying it would work in the Western world because everyone likes a well-told told story. The reason why it might be an obstacle is just because of the timing and the methods in which they tell that story might not work over here um, because it is so haphazard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause you, Nick, I know you said a lot of times you have a hard time keeping up on New Japan because it is hard to keep up on. Yeah. If you miss any of the press conferences or road shows, you are 100% dependent on Kevin Kelly to tell you why you should give a shit. Otherwise, you know, you're just there to watch some wrestling. Actually, if you want an example of, because a lot of the guys in AEW who are booking AEW came up in the New Japan system, and that's a long-term story system. And if you look at some of the long-term stories they're already doing in AEW, whether it's uh, Kenny stumbling when he first got out the blocks, Hangman Page losing the title match and then starting to you know go down into depression. Um, whatever they're doing with Sean Spears, which I hope is they they, they know what they're doing. Uh, I mean that's and that's we're not even seeing stuff on the scale of Naito's story or seven year story that he's he's had. Yeah. Uh, that we that we can you know there's no way to know I, we couldn't even see that in the middle of Naito's story that they were doing that. We didn't know until we got to the fit like the, the that one end point where we were like, oh my God, they built this for seven goddamn years. That's nuts. 
So it, with AEW, it's wait and see if that storytelling style will work because they are doing a much slower paced style of story and they're letting things unfold a lot more. Whether they're going to have the nuance of New Japan remains to be seen, but it is definitely the closest we're, we've seen yet, I think, in mainstream wrestling TV to New Japan. Um, Impact's doing a pretty good job of, of keeping things slow too. Ring of Honor... Uh, as well, and then there's a lot of indies that do some really good long-term story progress. Like if you want to start from the beginning of progress, there's some of their long-term stories are awesome. Um, I think about like like one of the great modern stories. Actually, Jacob Uhas was talking, uh, was mentioning this recently, the uh, David Starr and Walter program, and how that kind of went into all sorts of other indies. Um, just that that, that as a long-term story. Uh, Osprey and Marty Skrull is a great long-term story that's being yeah. told right now um, outside of the, these normal confines. So there is an appetite for it, but it's just how people are, how are they going to see it, how people are going to see it. So My thoughts are a little more meta than this. I think society's different now. And let me give you an example. Um, in the 90s, late 90s, you'd watch the Attitude Era and Jim Ross would sign off, oh my God, uh, chaos, it's breaking down. We'll see you next week. And you didn't. That was more it. WCW. <laughs> Stickers of the rafters, we're out of time. Right, that, that trope, right? So, yeah. and you didn't get anything until the following week. Sure. Now with the advent, and fast forward 20, 25 years, and now 30 years now almost, we've got social media we've got there was an article i saw that came out somebody posted it in the group that said um wwe put up 500 videos last yeah. month in december yeah. 500 yeah. to put it in perspective there's about there's a i think i just saw it there's 153 videos on the busted wide open youtube channel right now <laughs> to put it in perspective yeah <laughs> total Good they Lord. did 500 in a month and they made $15 million in AdSense money mm -hmm. just on that. Yeah. The, my point is, is that the amount of content that you have access to is also having a negative consequence on the fact that you don't have to go to the shows or watch every week to keep up with everything. And I think that the consequence of that is that they have to scramble and feed you fast food every week. There has to be mm. some kind of outcome on the shows to get you to tune in or some kind of dangling carrot in front of you to get you to tune into these because they're, you don't have to watch the show anymore. You don't have to right. sit and watch Raw for three hours and be inundated with commercials. You can just watch recaps or listen to podcasts or watch YouTube shows or any of their videos. It, so what does that mean to them? It means, well, shit, people aren't tuning into the show. The ratings are down. We're not getting all the ad money anymore. It's a bigger conversation than whether or not long-term bookings in the Western works in the Western world or not. It's a way business is done mm. in modern times. It's completely different than it used to be. I We all love long-term stories because we get invested and we get emotional sure. about it. General Hospital has been on TV for like 40 years and they're still paying off some of the shit, right? So, I mean, uh, Monday Night Raw has been on for 30 years and we love I mean, what's it. one of the what's one of the longer term like ongoing stories in in WWE is Miz and Daniel Bryan, and that's Currently, yeah. I've always what's up? Currently, that's, yes, absolutely, yeah, and that's and that's a I think that's a good one. I li like when they when they come back to that because they have built up so much history between the two of them that it's always fascinating to see what happens between them. Whether or not you like the Miz uh, as a performer, like it's still because there's now so much history between the two 
It's always interesting. It's always fascinating. Um, so I like it when it's in WWE and when they have some of those longer term stories, even in that culture that you're talking about. Yeah. Like it brings more value to those moments when you have history get brought up. Butts um, and seats, buying merch and ad money drives everything. What do you get for your door? How much merch can you sell online and at the show? And um, what was the other one that I said? Ratings, ad money. Sure, but don't you think that on some level investment is driven by engagement with the personalities involved, or is it just strictly all just like a stunt show? I think, think it's all – well, yeah, there has to be. So we can't have the cliffhanger of last week because we know that over the next week there's going to be 20-something videos that are going to go up that are going to be clips or even full matches of the stuff that, hey, if you didn't make the show, head over to our YouTube channel and we'll make money over there instead of getting your butt in seat or your eye on the product. But like, like, but don't you think like that there's still a certain amount of people being driven back to the product by being engaged in storylines, whether or not they're long term? Oh, I mean, sure. I'm thinking, thinking about Kofi Mania, the first thing on the top of my head, um, or Daniel Bryan's, you know, WrestleMania 30 before that, like people or CM Punk, people are engaged uh, when there's a story being told and your numbers go up from that, whether it's YouTube, whether it's ratings, whether it's whatever, like the stories still drive it, not the stunts that you're doing. And you can do stunts and put it like and do like stupid wedding segments and put them on YouTube and get big numbers in the short term. But in the long term, to create overall engagement rising, like you know, to, to rise your engagement across all all strata, you need to have storylines to drive that, don't you? Don't you think? Or is it just becoming a stunt show? I mean, I, so I just pulled up a fun graph, and it's the Monday Night Raw ratings from 1996 till 2019. Oh gee, yeah. <laughs> Because I, I don't want to look at a tiny little time frame because it's been mostly stagnant, if not steadily declining, since right. about the beginning of the ruthless aggression era, two thousand three ish time frame, right? Since there just there has the not really been an uptick. If I'm looking at this, there was a bit of an uptick, uh twenty seventeen. There was a bit of an uptick, twenty twelve shield, right? But I mean, we saw post post pipe bomb CM Punk shield. Yeah, exactly. So we saw the height of it was 2000 Stone yep. Cold absolute ma and the Rock Mania rock. six million a McMahon in each corner. Right. So now we're we're back down to the two million mark, and it's a it's a good week if they can crest two million. Right? 2.3, 2.3, 2.4 is like the good week mark. Yeah. Yes, but we see that just stagger between 1.8 to 2.2, 2.3 most weeks. It's pretty. That's it's kind of flatlined at this point. Are we ever going to get back to that lightning in a bottle moment of the of 2000 when we had Stone Cold and or was that just are we writing that there's off a, as a there's lightning a reason? In a that's yeah, it's a lightning in a bottle moment. I mean, that's so, who knows. I don't know. I don't know if the company's structured that way to do it anymore. Yes, but it goes back to the point I was making. They we didn't have social media. You had to tune into the show. You okay. had to you had to watch the From show. From a rating standpoint, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, but we were in Stone Cold's whole thing. The biggest guy ever in WWE was like three years. Right. <laughs> that's the definition of lightning in a bottle. So you're talking to me about a <laughs> seven year Naito run. I don't. I don't think there's an appetite for it. We are a fast food country. We have to. But be how long fed was something. Hogan? How you know, like, like you don't. They didn't run programs for years. I'm not even talking about programs. I'm just talking about like character arcs and like stories like that. Like a character's arc over the years. That's not really how. 
it seems to sure, but then you know you gotta you gotta talk about cable TV and access and all of that kind of stuff as well. Like I'm looking at this from a pure business perspective. They make these decisions to make money, and the way that they drive people to the programming was with cliffhangers, like things in the rafters. Oh my God, it's all breaking down. We'll see you next week. Stone Cold's shooting beer all over McMahon. He's slipping and falling. We're out of time. Yeah, yeah. I know. I hear what you're saying. I but Andy's question, I think, was you know, would it work? Would that storytelling work over here or would it crash and burn? And I, I, I guess what I'm saying is Both? I don't think – Exactly. I don't think that it's, it's mutually exclusive. I, I think that you can have long-term, big, long stories um, and still engage a Western audience with exciting weekly TV. And that's kind of what I'm saying I think AEW is attempting to do. is a perfect example of this. We've got this overarching character and – uh, atmosphere and environment of that things have consequences, but underneath all of that, you've got Miz and Daniel Bryan and Finn Balor and all of this other stuff that the Fiend has gone through and Seth Rollins. So you've got all of this other stuff happening underneath it, but over the top is the long story, and underneath you're yeah. giving me weekly chunks of things that keep yeah. me tuning in, but also extend that story. So I think it's a combination of both to answer yeah. Andy's question directly. I don't think it's one or the other. Yeah, agreed. Great question, Andy. I I love talk. I love breaking down like business stuff like that. If that wasn't obvious, you would theory crafting kind of stuff. All right. uh, Next up, brand new patron, James Taylor. Thank you very much. I believe he goes by Jay Wolf in uh, in Discord and on uh, in the group. So shout out to Jay Wolf. Thanks for joining us and the rest of the phenomenal ones. Uh, his first ever patron question is, mm. uh, I have noticed that in New Japan, the Indies, and AEW to a degree, there's less and less use of the Irish whip being used. Wrestlers mm. will still run the ropes, but there seems to be a lot less of wrestlers flinging each other towards the rope. What are your thoughts on the less frequent use, and will WWE start following this trend? P.S. You guys are awesome, and my main source of wrestling updates, well worth the Patreon investment. Thank, Thank you, James. James. Thank, Thank you, man. You I very appreciate much. it. Nice, nice to say. Uh, so um, what do you think about less use of the? I still see the Irish rip being implemented, but it's usually, he's his point is into the ropes versus into the corner. I see it all the time into the corners. Yeah, and but and it's funny I hadn't really picked up on that, but now that I think of it, like yeah, it is as a starting move. It's being used less and less, and you're seeing much more of people using, you know, grapples to start sequences as opposed to Irish whip and running. Um, well, sometimes I see it and they put them into the ropes to bring it back into a headlock. Um, and to be honest with you, as someone who has taken a couple of bumps and has had less than a day of wrestling, quote unquote training, <laughs> like I am, I don't know. I, I, from a technical standpoint, when you talk to me about the technical, the technicalities of professional wrestling, I will openly admit um, I don't want to be one of those guys who talks about it like he knows and doesn't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, as far as the thought process behind when we're building a match, use less iris whips, or when I, you know, in the style that I'm I'm wrestling in, um, I'm using different moves to transition into the signatures that I want to get to or the the sequences I want to get to, and iris whip is not a part of that. Why that is fundamentally is something that I'm not really qualified to answer. I wish I were because I'd like to have the answer for everything on the show, but I don't. Um, actually, Judith Brooke, our, our resident pro wrestling person, might be a good person to ask that. But 
Um, if I were to hazard a guess as to why it's being used less, it is because with the modern style of wrestling coming in and, and perhaps being faster and, and being you know a little bit more tinged with MMA um, and acrobatics and the rest, like it might not be something that is as feasible as an opening move or a transitionary move. Uh, and you're seeing a lot more of guys setting up for each other, feeding each other without the whip itself being used. Yeah. Um, it seems to be more of like an old school style move. We're, we're also so. seeing a bit of a, it's not just the Irish whip either. I know that was specifically the one you referenced, but we're also seeing like less arm drags and hip tosses and we're seeing more topes. Oh, and out oh of I, the see, ring. I, I just saw a lot of arm drags recently. I'm trying to remember when it, it might've been. You know, I mean, outside of the, I mean, the women are still using them quite a bit, but I don't see a lot of, I don't see a lot of deep arm drags, uh, Darby has one, and Humberto Carrillo has one where they come off the top rope. Um, see, I watch a lot of lucha, so I see a lot of deep arm Sure, <laughs> sure, and, and that's where you're going to see him a lot. But, but I mean, yeah, you know, he he said he noticed that in New Japan, the Indies, and AEW to a degree, there's less and less use of the Irish Whip. I, I would say it's pretty universal outside of like low, low, low Indies, where your amateur stuff, where you're just getting started, kind of thing. Because that's so it's, it's one of the first fundamentals you learn. Like yeah. catching a fly ball in baseball with two hands, right? You learn I how feel, to do run the know, ropes. Yeah, and it's funny, actually, Nick, I'm going to catch you on that because one of the things that they're starting to do now with rope running is make it more of a psychological game and make it seem to make more quote-unquote sense, if you will, uh, by having the drop-downs and the, the leapfrogs, um, and it's a game of who can catch the other one off guard, right? Yeah. The the drop down isn't just to make the other you know isn't just to drop down. You're trying to trip the other person as they're coming off the ropes. That's right. the psychology behind. It. The leapfrog is you're coming free. I'm just going to leap over you. Um, makes a little less sense. The other person you know could just spear you or run into you or whatever, or you could just Luthez press them. Who knows? Yeah. But the the idea is is that uh, the Irish whip would start that sequence, and then a lot of times it seems like they started on their own. One person will run into the ropes, or they get. Um, you know, a move sends them into the ropes, and the other person will go into the ropes right after them to try to catch them coming off the ropes and throw off their timing. So there seems to be more of that being used uh, because it's faster paced, because it's more exciting, perhaps. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I guess the Irish whip may just look too old school, even. Like, again, all stuff I'm speculating on yeah. uh, as to why there's been a decrease of it. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff there's been an increase of, like so much more top rope work, so many more suicide dives. I know that. That's been said ad nauseum about the dives, but it really isn't. It's insane. If you go back and watch old wrestling matches, unless you were a cruiserweight uh, or a luchador, you did not do tope suicidas. Like you didn't see it. Almost no one did them. Now everybody does them. Samoa Joe, 300 pounds, does it. Everybody does suicide dives. So, and it's to the point where people forget how freaking crazy that move is. Like, imagine yourself. Imagine yourself running top speed and having to go through a space about a foot and a half wide and not catch any part of your body and do with enough momentum to carry yourself all the way through and feet afterwards and not face plant on the outside because you break your damn neck, your collarbone coming down wrong. Cody. It's a scary, 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 scary move. Cody most Cody. recently took a header onto the diamond plate ramp and it busted his whole eye open up yeah. here. Big, uh, Big E has taken a nasty one. I've seen uh, Cesaro. The there was one time it was almost broken. <laughs> well, I was going to get to that. Almost, uh, just there's some people that should Bree. not be doing oh, uh, topes. And uh, yeah. Anyway, my favorite one, just as a quick aside, 
Tejano in Lucha Underground, where he did the you bang, know, you don't, bang. Not Tejano. You don't mean Tejano. You mean uh, King Cuerno. King Cuerno. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he, he did uh, the Hijo de, Hijo de Fantasma. Oh. He's coming to NXT. He's in NXT, dude. You'll see that oh. beautiful arrow from the depths of hell. Good lord, he would launch himself. That was it's one of the best. His his topes. I cannot wait for that suicide dive to come to WWE. Y'all anyway, going There's mm. a lot of things. Wrestling has evolved. There's a lot of things that a lot of like. If you look at Logan's or Logan uh, Hogan's leg drop was like one of the most supposedly one of the most devastating finishers in the '80s, right? And if you look at Becky Lynch do it now, it's or Kofi doing the boom drop. You're just like, eh, eh. yeah. <laughs> so, was, dude, hey, to be clear, the leg drop sucked in the '80s too. All it, right. it did, it did. <laughs> Nobody kicked out of the leg drop though. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, even even Hogan. Now, if we're going to talk about something people are doing too much now, it's the damn surprise roll ups. But that's a whole other topic of discussion. But that's to me, uh, yeah, and it, that's a whole because I will defend those anyway. But it's another for another time. Way overdone. Uh, uh, thank you, James, and welcome, Jay Wolf, to the Bust Wide Open Phenomenal yes, Ones. Sir. Thank you for your patronage. Uh, next up, Josh asks: John Moxley has been very vocal about continuing to do work for New Japan as long as his career lasts. So, with that uh, being the case, do you see him joining one of the factions? Huh. And if is so, it, which one do you think would be the best fit for him? This is actually a question that uh, I had with someone else recently. And, you know, it's funny because right now he is unaffiliated. He's the kind of character that would be unaffiliated. He's chaotic neutral. And right there, it gets me to what, I'm, what, I, what I think the answer would be. Because that faction, Chaos, which started off as a heel faction and has now come over to be like chaotic good, um, if you're if you're using that the the, <laughs> the role playing game spectrum of of alignments, uh, you know Moxley is a guy who over there right now, yeah, you know, he's he's neutral. He'll take out anybody. He'll fight anybody. He'll kick anybody's ass. If anything, you know, he'd be leaning a little bit towards chaotic good. And the one faction that is chaotic good right now is chaos. Um, There's a bit of a vacuum left out from under it as well. Um, it's basically just Okada, right? No, God, it's Okada, Ishii. Uh, well, yeah. But I mean like big big personality, Goto. big names. It's got a lot of the big names. Okay. I, mean, I mean, yeah, you have a whole bunch of other guys who are who are in like the good, good, good guy faction like Tanahashi and uh, Ryusuke Taguchi and um, Tremor, uh, Juice, I believe, is in that one. But... Uh, at the end of the day, like the one that he would align with, that Moxie would align with most, uh, would be chaos. I would say Los Ingobernables because that's much more his speed in terms of like all those guys just being assholes and wanting to kick people's asses. Except you have to be a disciple of Naito to be in Los Ingobernables, and he's not going to be anybody's disciple. And Moxley Moxie. is anything but tranquilo. Uh, <laughs> Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, uh, if I had to take a guess, if if you had gun to his head, you have to join a new Japan faction. Probably chaos. I want him to be the mercenary. I want him to be that lone wolf. I want him to be the one that you have no idea what to expect. I don't want yeah. him to have any allegiance to anything. I want him to be effing Moxley. And yeah, I agreed. Best way for if yeah, gun to the head. Crazy, you, crazy guy, one, Jen. It chaos makes sense. Um, but even when Jay White was in chaos before he came over to Bullet Club, it still felt like he had that kind of 
uh, mercenary sort of gung-ho thing and ultimately led to uh, Gato teaming up and taking over Bullet Club. So, I mean, I I don't know, man. I, I just I don't want to mess with Moxley right now. He's found a groove no. that is mo- just Moxley. And I don't so I want it to be the, yes, tempered. Answer, yeah. I don't want it to be tempered or tainted with any motivations that aren't just him being a badass whooping ass. Well, look at like AEW. I think, you know, I don't want to join your stupid group. Was That's kind of Perfect. how he feels about New Japan as well. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think he should join a faction if he had to gun to his head chaos, but I don't think he should join a faction. No. Okay. Nor, do I, nor do I really honestly see him doing so. so. No. Especially not. I mean, is Jericho going to join a faction? No. <laughs> no. He ha- he's his own faction, you know? Yeah. yeah. A lot <laughs> of the Gaijins are. Yeah. So. Thank you, Josh. Good question. Uh, next up, Sean. Uh, founder of our Moment of Positivity. Thank you yes, again sir. for that, yes, Sean. Sir. I'll never forget. Uh, thanks for being awesome, gents. Always appreciate this show. Thank you, Sean, uh, for always Brother. getting your questions in. Uh, we know that there are the edge return rumors out there. If we, if he did, how would you want him used or who would you have him feud with? Um, mm. if, if I may... You may. We all a few years ago remember the giant surprise pop that we didn't really expect that AJ Styles got when he came out for the Rumble. Uh, if you thought that was big, or if you thought the Hardys' return at WrestleMania a couple years ago was big, Edge's you think you know me <laughs> hitting at like number twenty six at the Rumble at the end of this month? Oh, forget it. It would dwarf. Those it would be a nuclear roof come off the place kind of reaction and yeah. blah, 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 hearing those drums, whole clearly we would all lose our collective minds if Edge came out as a surprise and they have to make. So you're it a surprise. saying you like Metalingus is what you're saying, Nick? I'm saying it it might be the best entrance song ever. <laughs> Hyperbole, thy name is Howell. Uh, I, I agree. Don't I think if Edge me. comes out, if, 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 <laughs> no, too late. I think that um, if Edge comes out of the Rumble, that that I agree with you. That would be the biggest. That would be the, one of the biggest Rumble returns of all time. And if he were to return, by God, if he's ready to go, do it then. Do it then. Do it then. Have Brock eliminate him, and everyone will hate Brock all that much oh. more, and it'll be it'll be fine. Who should he feud with? I don't know if he's going to come back for a feud, man. Like, as it is, reports I've heard are he's not coming back and he's not cleared. Like, Daniel Bryan was a miracle and Edge has something similar but different and worse. So, don't, I mean, I, I don't want to tell people not to get your hopes up. But don't get your hopes up. Um, which will make it that much better if he does come back, too. So, just think about it that way, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Daniel um, Bryan and Kurt Angle are both kind of miracles, and they they got it. Yeah, work. I'll throw Champa in there as well. Uh, yeah, Edge is more along the lines of Stone Cold. Like those guys, I don't want them taking bumps. <laughs> right, and that's kind of why I'm saying like I don't really want to see Edge having a feud. Maybe come back. I don't even want. I don't know a commissioner or something, but like have him come back in some sort of television role where like every once in a while maybe he takes a bump for an angle, but not not out there doing matches like just don't think he should you know i i just 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 me it would be uncomfortable if he were in a match would there be would i like to see him come back and wrestle yeah there's like a hundred people i'd love to see him come back and wrestle yeah you know pretty much every new person on the roster give me an edge and seth rollins match give me a edge i don't care edge and braun Strowman. whatever i don't just fine 
Edge wrestling again would be a big deal and would be enough for me. But at the same time, like, it's like a Daniel Bryan. I still, when he wrestles, I'm like, oh, ah, careful. You know, and Edge would be the same way. So, I, I, yeah. yeah, again, love to see him come back at the Rumble, do the old guy Rumble thing, you know, have a few, have a few moments, yeah. get over and then, and then go. But yeah, I, I don't think I'd want to see him in a feud. No, I don't either. Be honest with you, I, I I would be too uncomfortable. Like I've mostly gotten over my Daniel Bryan uncomfort, discomfort. Uncomfort. Starting to feel a little, little. Well, would you? Do you think you could get to that point with Edge if he came back? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh God, yeah. that would be rough. The last thing I ever want, and I mean this genuinely, is to be watching TV and to see the X come up mm-hmm. and just, especially for somebody as like, I'm, I'm, I can feel myself like getting chill bumps and tingling, just thinking about something like that. Yeah. And I'm just like, Oh, like the last thing I want to be doing is watching raw or SmackDown just casually one day being pissed off at Bailey. And all of a sudden edge comes out and I'm being excited. And all of a sudden he takes that bad Irish whip. We were just talking about, or a power bomb apron power or uh, sorry, corner turnbuckle power bomb, buckle bomb, and we get a sting out of it. Yeah, right. And I do nope. Not not, not with Edge. I, yep. I do not want. We saw that we got. We had to go through that with Sting. And well, with awful. Edge, with Edge, he could die <laughs> or like be paralyzed, and you know, no, no, thank you. Nope. So yeah, no, thank you. I wouldn't mind if he came back for a cameo, but yeah, uh, come out, uh, get a couple unless, of spots in the Rumble, and. You know, yeah, get tossed out by Lesnar or somebody. I, I bet, yeah. I better hear that he is like 110 percent fine before he starts taking a whole lot of bumps. That's all. Yeah, so. agreed. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. Great question. Obviously, we're both huge fans of Edge. It's it's hard. You're hard pressed to find somebody that's not uh, these days. True that. Uh, last but certainly not least, Brandon. What are your top ten masks? Masks in Ooh. wrestling, including masks that are wrestled in and also entrance masks. My current favorite would have to be Shingo Takagi Dragon Entrance Mask. Thanks, guys. Uh, I don't know if I've got 10, but I've got a handful. Um, yeah, so that's, that, would be, that would be mine. Well, what, what, what would be yours? You said it would be a handful? I've got a handful, but I don't know that I have up to 10. So that's, uh, that's what I, well, where let's, I come let's, down. Let's, let's brainstorm because I can I could list. I mean, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you'll see you'll see me surrounded by uh, memorabilia and merchandise, and quite a good chunk of it is is mask related. I've got a poster of El Santo right here, Hurricane Ramirez, um, Marty Skrull's mask is on his shirt, and I think I think his mask is awesome. I think that's a great entrance mask, and actually something that made him famous was that old Plague Doctor mask. I got uh, Rey Mysterio, one of the greatest masks of all time, up here. That's got to be one. Um, you can't really see up there, but Pentagon Jr. got a signed mask by him up there. I, he's got a fantastic mask. Over my shoulder, Mankind. Mankind has to be a, considered a great mask. Um, that was iconic for its time. So, I mean, I, I love masks. I love masked wrestlers. I mean, you know, the list of Mexican wrestlers alone and great masks down there, I could use hundreds, hundreds of awesome the, masks. The mask, the legendary Blue Demon. Blue it has to be has to be one of the biggest ones in lucha history. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Tiger mask is another great mask. Um, he, I Ju- love the tribute mask that he had uh, during Wrestle Kingdom. Jushin, Jushin Thunder Liger as a mask. Yeah. My God, I mean, uh, I'll throw the, some more the modern forms. ones out there. Um, let's look at Evil. 
Uh, let's look at Marty Skrull. Eh, Marty Skrull, but I, Marty Skrull, I, I agree with the Plague Doctor, but Evil, eh, it's all right. I know you love that Evil's entrance and everything, but to me, yeah. it just feels like like Halloween Town. Yeah. Um, but he's dating Io Shirai, so what do I know? Right. Uh, but you want to talk about? Well, okay. Here's a couple other. Okay, not modern, but a couple other like masks. Maybe maybe not. Might not have thought of Kane. Kane, yeah. what a great what a great mask. All the different different variations of it. not the modern one. With I the, mostly just hated his OG. unmasking and and I, the way that they handled it, the way they cut his hair, all that stuff. They talked about that on the Stone Cold. Uh, they did. Well, they're, they're, they're they're going to yes. When they, and he was like, "You were even scarier without the mask." It's like yeah, because they had to work real hard to make that. Yeah. So, but uh, the Kane mask will like mask Kane OG ninety eight Kane will always be Kane that was to me. Very creepy. Very Texas um, Chainsaw kind of thing. That is ooh. yeah. Yeah, and I can't think of mankind without thinking of Vader's mask too. Yeah. Both both the uh, the leather mask and the giant like thing he wore in New Japan, like the elephant Mastodon thing with the steam coming out of it, that was amazing. What about Kenny's uh, Terminator half face Phantom of the pseudo, pseudo Terminator Phantom of the Opera thing he had? Did were you eh. a fan of that? Eh, eh, eh. All right. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> um, I preferred Cage's Weapon X mask. Oh yeah. Uh, Oh. Uh, one mask I could do without is Tai Chi's goddamn Phantom of the Opera thing. <laughs> I was leaving you there. <laughs> yeah, I knew you, you were. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you took the bait. I knew you were. I knew you were going to go there, you son um, of a... Let's go Matanza in Lucha Underground. Um, that was okay. It was kind of a Jason-y mask. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, I, I always liked, uh, it was based on a little bit like Mil Mascaras, but uh, uh, Mil Muertes. Mm, that was a good his, one. His, his mask was a cool one. A lot of a lot of cool ones in Lucha Underground that they that they came up with. Does uh, uh, Drago count as a mask, or is that just a full suit thing? What do you mean? Drago, he's actually his his yeah. like dragon mask, right? Oh, he's actually a dragon. Oh, I'm sorry. I yeah. I, I no offense to dragons. Weird. I I, I could have sworn it was a mask. I'm so um, sorry. Speaking of which, uh, you know, I've heard some people call it a mask, but obviously he's really a dinosaur, Luchasaurus. Has a very cool face, yes. Um, and what he's done with it is pretty cool. As someone who came from Lucha Underground and, and kept that going, um, but again, like when you're talking about um, Latin wrestlers in general, Mexican wrestlers in general, like Jesus Christ, there's so many, so many legendary ones. Ultimo, Ult, Ultimo Dragon, um, like, uh, I mean, I guess, Jesus, where do I start? So. Uh, Prince Puma Ricochet had a had a. Well, that's again Lucha Underground. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I d- just having ma- having a mask. I don't want to be like the default. Oh my God. But uh, yeah, I there the, Liger is probably one of the more profound ones and more recognized ones. Uh, but yeah, Kane throw Kane in there for sure. I don't know a, a top ten. I don't know that I could come up with a top 10. I think that's going to be very subjective based on your fandom and what you watched and what you didn't watch and all what you liked and didn't like. I mean, that's going to be that's going to be different for everybody. He said it Brandon he said he likes the Shingo Takagi. Uh, oh, the dragon, dragon the dragon. I was just thinking about that too. The, right? the hat, the chin the hat. mask or whatever that is. Yeah, Shingo Takagi's great. Yeah. Um yeah. God, I'm thinking I'm trying to think of like I, I love uh, Barbado Cabanario, Atlantis. Um some of the other guys, I ah, just it's so many good ones. I've, oh my God, El, El Sombra, um, La Sombra, mm. back before uh, he was Andrade, like that was a really cool one. Um, and of course, Nick, we can't we can't have this whole section about masks without me saying the greatest mask of all time. Oh, 
it's I can't believe I didn't think about it till now. Shockmaster. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say Repo Man's eye mask. His burglar. Would you leave Repo Man alone? Like seriously. I'm sick of this bullying of Repo Man. <laughs> it's it's actually getting tiresome. It it might be the worst gimmick of but all. But thank time. you, thank you for no selling Shockmaster. I appreciate that. I don't know what it is. I'm sorry. Wait, what? I don't know what it is. I don't know what Shockmaster is. What is Shockmaster? You don't You're kidding, right? You know what the, you know what the Shockmaster is. I'm Googling it right now. I, I don't know what the have I seen it before? I, I Oh I, that I, thing. The Stormtrooper <laughs> helmet. Oh, see, I just didn't know. Yeah, okay. Oh, Lord. Sorry. You're scaring the crap out of me, Nick. Sorry. Scaring I, me. I didn't put two and two together. It, the oh. stormtrooper, the glittery stormtrooper, yes. God, had a heart attack. Uh, Fine. Yes, I, I, greatest, do know, I do know of that. Greatest mask of all time. Yeah, yeah, all right. Thank you, Brandon, for that. And thank you to all of our patrons for your awesome questions. Every single week you guys deliver and just give us some that just really make us think and really dig down into the into the confines of our brains and make us I go like through Bandito. some of that. Bandito. I thought a Bandito is really cool. Yeah. Ask. That's Sorry. We could, keep, we could keep going on this forever. <laughs> Any more? I, I love masks. I love yeah. masks. What do you want? Ian, yeah. Ian is a fan of the masks, for sure. And Lucha <laughs> and New Japan and all that stuff. That's where you find them most predominant. WWE seems to be around mostly Kane, Mankind, Asuka. We didn't mention Asuka. She's got the, the plastic one, but it's kind of it's kind of her signature. That's a cool one. That is a cool it one. is a pretty cool one. Um, and by I mean, for I'm, Christ's sake, I'm digging Nick, the the face paint. Nick, I'm in a band where we wear rabbit masks. For God's yeah. sake, like, there you go. come on. There you go. There you House go. House of Rabbits. Check them out. Really yeah. good stuff. Guys, that's our show. Thank you very much, and thank you to all of our patrons. Thank you for hanging with us in the chat. Uh, not you spammy McSpammer guys that got in there and start doing all that crazy stuff again, but thank you guys for joining us. And uh, if you're listening to this on the audio, we do do this about 5 p.m. on Saturdays every single week. You can come back and watch the YouTube video as well, so you can see our live reactions and emotes and all kinds of good stuff that just makes it that much more fun. So come check us out, youtube.com slash open. Hit that subscribe button. We are trying to get to 1,000 subscribers any help there tell your family tell your friends all that good stuff about busted wide open on youtube uh, you can also if you want to get your questions in every single week you can head over to patreon.com slash bwo sign up for just that five dollar tier that's all you need you'll also get copies of our show notes at that tier for every single episode as you know and bonus episodes at the ten dollar tier sweet swag skype calls all kinds of good stuff make sure you look through all the tiers over there at patreon.com slash BWO. And if you do sign up, make sure you connect Discord so you can get your proper role and all kinds of good rewards in our Discord community where all of our live chats happen all throughout the week. And last but certainly not least, get into our Facebook group. That's where our, it's the hub of our operation. It's where we do most of the interaction with the rest of the phenomenal ones, our great mm. fans and listeners of the Busted Wide Open podcast. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Would somebody stop the damn man? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com.